0: Good afternoon, this is Ketchel Kirkham with Looking Up. A few minutes in the middle of the week to think about astronomical things. I'm here in the Fine Music Radio studio with Dr Itumeleng Monaghen, who is an astronomer at the University of Cape Town. Good afternoon, Itumeleng.
1: Good afternoon, Ketchel.
0: And now, if you'd like to hear a bit more about Itumeleng's life, then if you go to the Fine Music Radio website, fmr.co.za, and look at the podcast website for Looking Up. You will see a few weeks ago, we did a show all about Itumeleng's life. But now we're here today to talk about unusual things that people may not realize astronomers study out there. So people think about astronomy, they think of the objects in the sky, stars, galaxies, you know, gas, nebulae, what are the things you can see. But in fact, a lot of modern astronomy is looking at the stuff in between the intergalactic medium or you know, it's looking at how you can use the universe's laboratory to test out physics. And this is where my kind of knowledge gets a bit hazy. So I've brought an expert into the studio to tell us about this. So how is it that astronomers use the universe as a kind of laboratory for physics? What's going on?
1: So yeah, the universe is fascinating. Um, we get different types of radiation from the universe and This comes from different objects, different types of objects. And the reason why we get this radiation is because of physical processes that happen. So we have magnetic fields, for example, in the universe, uh, from different places, from galaxies, from stars, from even planets. And we have particles as well, like electrons, protons, things we learn about in the physics class. Now these things, when they interact, This is, depending on the interaction, we get lots of radiation, right? So, for example, when you use a radio telescope such as Meerkat, you get radio waves from these objects. And there are many types of ways of producing the radio wave. Some of it is using when you have electrons and other particles interacting with uh, magnetic fields. Um, Some of it is thermal, so it's intrinsic to uh, that particular object that you're looking at. So, yeah, the universe is quite a fascinating place to to use or to study, understand um, physical processes that otherwise are also not, we're not able to produce here on Earth. Things like particle acceleration where we have limitations to what sort of lab we can build here. We can just use the lab in space to, with objects that are out there to study them.
0: Also the universe is a very, very big place and things happen on, on cosmic time scales. Uh, and so we can see things that are very, very far apart and use those things to measure, to measure what's going on with space. And I guess a lot of people have heard the phrase space-time. I think, was it Einstein who coined that? What, what does that really mean?
1: So space-time, I like explaining it using the gravitational waves again, that we have become such a, a very nice uh, field um, that's taken over actually in astronomy. So space-time, what Einstein did was he described the universe as this giant rubber sheet, right? Where, sort of like a trampoline, right? When you put something with mass on it, it makes the rubber sheet or the trampoline bend downwards. And the more massive an object is, the bigger the bend, right? Now, if you have two objects that have mass that you put on this giant rubber sheet that go around each other, they send off ripples outwards. And this is what we call the bend or the disturbance in the fabric of space-time. So that's how he described the universe in terms of space-time.
0: The disturbance in the fabric of space-time. You heard this on fine music radio. You didn't expect to hear this today, probably. A disturbance in the fabric of space-time. You see, I think of time as being an illusion, really, because that's what Douglas Adams said in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Time is, is an illusion, time, doubly so. And yet here we are in the Fine Music Radio studio talking about space-time and disturbances in the fabric of time. Marvellous. You might have to explain that a bit further. Disturbances?
1: Disturbances indeed. So what Newton did, Newton described the universe using gravity, right? So everything with mass basically has gravity. All of us, even us here in the universe, in the studio we have um, mass and there is some gravitational interaction but because we are so we're not that massive so the we don't feel the gravity uh, that much whereas in the universe we're talking about things that are very very massive and so that's where you feel the gravity but this when Einstein then uh, came in and gave an alternative view of this to say well instead of thinking about objects interacting with gravity they can think of them like the fabric that we have um, which is called space time
0: Oh, okay, so space-time is where the gravity happens. I'm, I'm not understanding this at all, Itumaleng. <laughs> so you can
1: think of the, I mean, the space has three dimensions, right? So now you can add a fourth dimension, which is time. So that's where the extra dimension comes from with the space-time. Uh, that mm.
0: I think I'm going to have to leave it there, Itumaleng. We're just going to have to leave this with a mystery of disturbances in the fabric of space-time. And thank you very much for talking to us about astronomical matters, Dr. Itumaleng Monacheng. And for now, this is Ketchel Kirkham wishing us clear and disturbance-free skies.